Chapter Seven of McCabe's Art of Ventriloquism and Vocal Illusions. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. McCabe's Art of Ventriloquism and Vocal Illusions by Frederick McCabe. Chapter Seven. Concluding Remarks. The art of breathing speaking and singing It may surprise the reader to find the simple and natural act of breathing classed as an art Implying that to breathe requires method and a knowledge of certain rules To breathe is the first act of our existence and requires no knowledge whatever since it is an involuntary act of nature but nature very often acts imperfectly and the intelligent mind directs her instincts and improves her action an imperfect method of breathing is the fruitful source of innumerable complaints and in ninety cases out of a hundred lays the first seeds of lung disease very few people properly fill their lungs at each inspiration remember that the nose is the proper channel through which to inspire and the mouth to expire during the waking hours the nose alone both for inspiration and expiration during sleep only those who keep the mouth closed during sleep enjoy healthy and refreshing slumber a lung bath once a day will be found very beneficial to the health stand in the open air and firmly close the mouth take a long deep breath through the nostrils until the lungs are well filled then open the mouth and slowly empty them repeat this for 10 minutes this i call a lung bath to acquire a good voice for speaking is simply to know how to use your voice properly to this end a knowledge of the construction of the vocal organs will be of great service but a perusal of the scientific books on this subject is very confusing to the unscientific reader I will endeavor to explain how to produce the voice in terms so simple as to be easily comprehended by all The vocal cords are situated in that part of the throat commonly called Adam's apple The false method of all uninstructed beginners is to bring to bear upon these delicate cords a great and injurious strain the complaint called clergyman's sore throat is the result of this improper method of speaking practice to speak distinctly without using these cords remember that the roof of the mouth is the sounding board from whence the voice should issue the vocal cords will vibrate instinctively but you must avoid all effort to use them these remarks apply to the art of singing also for singing is prolonged speaking the sound being prolonged on the vowels only Our readers will obtain a perfect knowledge of the construction of the organs of sound and speech By carefully perusing the following able and admirable treatise on the physical requirements of song Which we have been kindly permitted to reproduce From lotus leaves by its gifted author Charles Insley Pardy MD Quote, It is frequently said of eminent singers that their vocal organs are of exquisite construction 
the remark is so often repeated that we are led to regard it as the expression of a general belief that vocalists are endowed with unusual physical attributes neither inherited nor to be acquired by the masses of mankind it cannot in truth be said that this impression is entirely without foundation but if by the expression it is intended to convey the idea that the basis of vocalism is a larynx of peculiar anatomical form or of rare functional power it may mislead us setting aside the singular mental and emotional bias which seems to be essential to the musical artists and taking into consideration the physical requirements of song only we have two factors which enter into its production namely the vocal organs i.e the mouth larynx and trachea and the ear the action of the vocal organs is easily explained the wasted product of respiration the breath is forced through a chink in the larynx and sound is created while form and expression are given by the mouth that words are formed by the mouth without the aid of the larynx is a fact easily proven as everyone knows that he can distinctly express himself in a whisper the larynx is essentially a double reed instrument the vocal cords being analogous to the reed of a musical instrument the vocal cords are thrown into vibration by the breath and sound is produced the pitch being determined by the rapidity or slowness of movement this in turn is regulated by the tension of the cords sounds of the highest pitch requiring extreme tension sounds of the lowest pitch extreme relaxation of those organs the different positions of the cords are caused entirely by muscular action while the parts are at rest air passes in and out in the act of respiration causing no sound as then their relations are not favorable to its production thus the larynx is the organ of sound but the larynx and mouth are the organs of articulate speech these organs are susceptible of the highest cultivation and their functional perfection can only be attained by training it is gymnastic exercise of the muscles acting on the parts which is required systematic practice of their functional qualities subject to the will that is all within the register of his natural voice anyone can attain mechanical precision of vocal expression even the register may be increased by the simple expedient of exercise what then is so essential to the physical requirements of song that the few who possess it are regarded as phenomena it is an ear of exquisite function such as rarely exists the ear is as important as the operator to the transmission of a telegram it is the conductor the critic witness the person whose deafness is of such high degree that he cannot hear the sound of his own voice and listen to his harsh unmodulated tones witness the deaf mute mute only because he is deaf with vocal organs that are probably anatomically perfect but with no guide in that process of imitation which is the general way constitutes man's training from the imperfect articulation of the words papa and mama in babyhood to the highest form of vocal expression of our special senses the ear is the organ of tune 
its function is to receive the succession of sounds musical notes the various peculiarities of articulate speech and to measure the periods of silence it is the register of the properties of waves of sound the intensity quality and pitch conveying to the brain the impression of the relative intensity of the sound created by the firing of a cannon and of a pistol of the quality of the sound of a violoncello or of a violin the pitch of the soprano and bass voices if perfect in its functional property it registers the whole but if not either through irregular development or because its normal condition has been changed by disease it may do so but partially and the unfortunate possessor of such an ear particularly unfortunate if he desires to sing correctly ascertains that he is unable accurately to determine the pitch of certain sounds and that his most careful attempts to reproduce them result in discords moreover he may observe that he cannot appreciate the quality of sound physiologically considered the human ear is not a homogeneous organ but the different parts are for the appreciation of the different properties of sound and the absence of one part for instance that which registers the quality or the pitch would cause the disappearance of its peculiar function in view of this fact it would be interesting to collate the several opinions of notably just and impartial critics in regard to various vocalists to know if the tenor of criticism is in a singular groove if it has the appearance of being of a certain formula or of particular bias the singer who is smarting under the infliction of partial and unjust criticism of a performance that he has perfected through years of careful training under the guidance of an exquisite ear may find courage in the reflection that in all probability his critic honest though he be has imperfect oral perceptions and is laboring under the disadvantage of performing work requiring the indispensable direction of an ear of faultless physiological attributes an ear that he does not possess that the author of the criticism is not prompted by any improper motive nor is he captious but is functionally incapable of receiving correct impressions a human ear of perfect functional attributes is something rare that competent authority von trolch says i shall make too small rather than too large an estimate when I assert that not more than one out of three persons of from 20 to 40 years of age still possess good and normal hearing good and normal hearing in the sense of this paragraph means good enough for ordinary purposes it does not refer to that exquisite sensibility to all the properties of sound which is indispensable to the accomplished singer the author however touches the point if his estimate is approximately correct few of our race may aspire to the distinction of attaining pre-eminence in song my friend have you a wish to become proficient in song do not concern yourself too much about your voice in the practice of your life you have imitated articulate speech with entire success and now reproduce it in a creditable manner your vocal organs show their susceptibility to training and discipline and doubtless within the register of your voice may be trained to song provided you have the all-important guide have you that guide 
can you recognize the distinctive properties of sound do you appreciate the intensity the quality the pitch have you in perfection the three thousand nerve fibers of the cochlear portion of the ear each one of which vibrates synchronous to the sound of its own appropriate pitch if so you can succeed otherwise it would be as reasonable to expect of a blind man the reproduction of color End quote. End of section seven. End of McCabe's Art of Ventriloquism and Vocal Illusions by Frederick McCabe.